Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Paul writes these words to us today. For he says, I resolved to know nothing uh, of while I was with you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I came to you in fear and trembling and weakness. I came not with persuasive words or with wise words, but with the demonstration of the Spirit's power so that you might know that your faith does not rest on man's wisdom, but on God's wisdom. And this is the very word of our God that we'll look at today as it is found for us in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Well, there's no pictures today at this late moment, so you'll have to excuse that. But today we want to continue uh, Pastor Paul Zine's uh, sermon series, How Firm a Foundation, with the subtitle, How Firm a Foundation is the Wisdom of God Rather Than the Wisdom of Man. And I probably should say from the get-go, there's two kinds of preaching. The first kind of preaching is the one where, in essence, the preacher stands up in the pulpit and he says these words, this is what I think, or this is what sounds reasonable to me today based on our culture. It's a, uh, it's a kind of wisdom that is always in a state of flux. It's always changing. The other kind of wisdom is the one where the preacher in essence stands up and says, this is what God says. You know, there's a big difference between the two of them. It's the difference between the speculation and the reason of man and the revelation of God. One of them leads to spiritual death, and the other one leads to spiritual life. That's the kind of thing that Paul was confronted with today in our lesson from 1 Corinthians chapter 2. The Corinthian church had begun to put too much emphasis upon earthly wisdom. An earthly wisdom that was very dangerous. An earthly wisdom that they would mix together with God's wisdom. But Paul was adamant when he said that our firm foundation is not based upon the wisdom. Your faith is not based on man's wisdom, but God's wisdom. You know, think about this. Jesus never told his disciples, nor did he tell us when he gave us the Great Commission in Matthew 28. He didn't say, go out into all the world and preach the message of salvation based upon what you think. Instead, Paul's words, or literally the words of Jesus, are summed up in Paul's words in verse 2 where he said this, I am adamant, I am resolved to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. You know, that may seem like utter foolishness to the world, but it is at the center of Christianity. There is nothing in all of the world that is as important as that, because God's wisdom is our sure foundation. You know, it's interesting in this lesson that Paul uses himself as an object lesson. Take a look at verse 3 if you have your Bibles with you today. It says here, I came to you in weakness, fear, and trembling. But 
I came in the demonstration of the Spirit's power so that you might know that your faith, your conversion was not based upon man's wisdom, but on God's wisdom. You know, Paul had spent a year and a half with them. And it wasn't based upon his own ability or his own wise words that led to their conversion. But in fact, he says he came to them in fear, trembling, and weakness. Again, he says, it's not my message, it's not my speech, not my words of wisdom. You know, Paul didn't consider himself a great speaker, but he goes on to say, I have a message for you. It is simply this, Jesus Christ crucified and risen again from the dead. That's the good news. You know, I think all of us here this morning can probably identify with Paul when he says, I came in weakness, fear, and trembling. When we try to share our faith with someone else based upon our own reason or our own strength. I think to myself, if I try to do that, I'm not up to it. I'm not smart enough to answer all of their objections. When was the last time you thought to yourself, uh, how can I speak to the worldly wise people of Ann Arbor and Celine? How can I speak the words of the gospel to them? Relying upon my own strength, they'll laugh at me. They'll make fun of me. I remember back when I was in the third grade, I had a Sunday school teacher that used to go to church here. Her name was Myrtle Schaefer. And Myrtle said to me uh, in Sunday school, it was in the spring of the year, and she wanted our class to invite our friends and our neighbors, our fellow classmates, to vacation Bible school that summer. And immediately there was a person who came to my mind that I probably should invite, but then I thought to myself in fear, in weakness and trembling, there is no way I am going to invite this person. Because he was a bully. He was abrasive. If I told him about Jesus, I'm sure he would have probably punched my lights out. Shows you what I know. That person later in life became one of the uh, most dedicated Christians that I've ever met. It's incredible. Again, think about the experiences that you have. Sometimes when I preach at a funeral, at the funeral home, and loudly and clearly proclaim Jesus Christ crucified, there's always a few people in the crowd. You can tell by the reactions and the look on their face that they think that this is absolute nonsense. Some of them even have the audacity to shake their head back and forth like that. I probably told you this before, that used to really bother me. But it doesn't bother me anymore because I realize that on the last day, they can never say they never heard the way of salvation. Or imagine trying to talk to a graduate or a professor who has a doctorate degree at a prestigious university up the road, and you can probably understand Paul's anxiety. Paul knew where true wisdom resides. He said, your faith doesn't reside 
in the wisdom of men, but in the wisdom of God. Think about it. Man knows a lot of things. Pastor, you know a lot of things about history there. I learn always something every time you open your mouth. <laughs> man's wisdom is good, but man's wisdom is incomplete. It's like standing on a cracked, shaky foundation. But God's wisdom is true, and God's wisdom is complete. God's wisdom is built on, how's that hymn go? Built on nothing less than the blood and the righteousness of Jesus Christ. The people in Corinth during Paul's day idolized human wisdom. They worshipped it as God. They worshipped eloquent speakers, skillful debaters. Unless you had those things, they would turn a deaf ear to you. Don't we have the same situation in our world today? People are looking to hear worldly wisdom. The wisdom of the Creator, not so much. Think about it, new discoveries, technical developments are intriguing. But let me ask you this, the scientific progress with all of its gadgetries, with all of its nuances, does it bring us closer to a savior from sin? Absolutely not. Do philosophies, do philosophers with wisdom, can they answer the deep questions of human life, the deep problems like, who am I? What's the meaning? What's the purpose of life? You know, really, in essence, little has changed in 2,000 years. Today, we are told that we must trust the God of what? We heard this during the pandemic over and over, that we must trust the God of science. Now, for all you scientific people out there, I'm not throwing science under the bus. Science is a wonderful discipline, but science is not God. Science cannot hold a candle to the wisdom of God. I remember back in the 1960s, in a class on debating, uh, we were told that the question of abortion uh, really was a scientific thing because they told us that the fetus really wasn't a human being. It really wasn't life. But think about all the scientific progress that has happened in the last 50 years. Ultrasound, all the other medical advancements. Is there any doubt that that is a human being that is capable of many things, including pain? The world boasts about its wisdom. But the question is, how wise are we? How wise are we? That's a question that my son when he was seven years old, one summer, uh, we went to North Dakota to visit my wife's family, and we swung around through the Rocky Mountains, Estes Park. Anybody ever been to Estes Park? It's a great place. We're in the top of the Rocky Mountains, and my seven-year-old son asked me this question. He looks around at all this magnificence, and he says to me, Dad, of all the wisdom there is in the world, how much of it do you figure you know? I don't think he was trying to make me look bad or stupid, but it's a great question, isn't it? I thought about it. How much of it do I know? 
I don't know very much. Some people think that I know a lot about farming. I know a lot about farming from the 1950s, but you know what the farmers do today with all that technical advice, GPS, all those chemicals, all those seeds, all that, I know squat even about farming. Did you realize that every four years, the total knowledge of mankind doubles? Our scientific age demands proof. Philosophers seek truth in every field except for one. They don't seek the ultimate truth of the one who is the way and the truth and the life. Liberal philosophies, liberal philosophers tell us that they have an open mind. There's nothing wrong with an open mind, right? If you close your mind, you won't get any ventilation up there. <laughs> but they got their mind mentioned Jesus, and they closed their minds tighter than a drum. Again, God's wisdom is a wisdom above all wisdom. Human wisdom is incomplete. Can human wisdom lift us out of the problem of sin? No, it can't. Take a look at verse 7. Paul called God's wisdom in verse 7 a secret or a hidden wisdom. Why would he say that? Because it's hidden from the understanding of sinful man. It is unattainable by human reason. You know, I used to ask in confirmation class, who are the smartest two people that ever lived? I think the smartest two people who ever lived were Adam and Eve before they fell into sin. Think about it. God's wisdom is a hidden wisdom. It is a secret wisdom. It is unattainable by human reason. It would forever have remained a secret had not God revealed it to us in his word. You know, the best minds of Paul's day hadn't discovered it. God's wisdom is the oldest wisdom of all. In fact, God's wisdom goes way back into eternity before time began when God resolved that he would send a savior. We would have forever remained in the dark had not God the Holy Spirit opened our hearts and opened our minds to believe that Jesus Christ is our Savior. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 3 says this, No one can say Jesus is Lord except by the power of the Holy Spirit. Or we confess in the third article of the Apostles' Creed, I cannot by my own reason or strength believe in Jesus Christ or even come to him but the Holy Spirit reveals it to us by the gospel you know some of the wisest people I know are sitting in this room this morning some of the wisest people I know are children who have that childlike faith and trust in Jesus as their Savior and one of the wisest and most profound songs ever written is the words to Jesus loves me this I know for the Bible tells me so when I first came to Christ our King 30 plus years ago the University of Michigan Hospital had a motto maybe some of you remember it, it said knowledge 
saves. And I understand what that means. Thank God for the knowledge that we have discovered, knowledge of medicine, knowledge of healing. But we know as God's people, there is only one knowledge that saves. Your foundation is not a sinking one, it is a firm one. Sure, we have wisdom, but God's wisdom surpasses all of it. No human wisdom could ever come up with God's plan of salvation. No human wisdom could ever come up with the gospel. That's why sometimes, you know, we say, the world says Christianity doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense according to sinful human reason. It's the radical nature of Christianity. Those who do not appreciate God's wisdom without the addition of worldly wisdom will find every other word of God to be absolute foolishness and will perish. I used to work with another pastor. He was an interesting guy. Pastor Barry Summerfield. I remember him once saying this. He said, you know, many liberal theologians today who throw Jesus under the bus, who claim that Jesus wasn't really God, who claim that Jesus did not rise again from the dead, he said some of those guys are so smart that they're going to outsmart themselves right out of heaven. Human wisdom. You know, if you don't believe that God is the creator, you've got to come up with some plausible explanation as to how all of this got here. Evolution. Evolution is full of holes. And yet, in all of this knowledge, the people of the world, do they draw closer to God in human wisdom? No, farther away, because they can never accept the message of the cross. God's wisdom is also an incredible message of the gospel. God's undeserved love for us. His steadfast mercy in that He is not only our Creator, but He is our Redeemer. So finally, let me close with this. This is a critical, critical question to ask ourselves. Do we believe it? And will we tell our children and our grandchildren? Will we tell them, do they know how much Jesus means to us. And are they aware of how much fun we're going to have in heaven someday? Seeing Jesus face to face and being reunited with those who have gone on before us. Do those around us see that even through the challenges and the hardships of life, when these things come up in our life, that we don't rely upon our own strength or human reason, but on God's wisdom, on Christ crucified. I can't tell you how many times I don't rely on the words of Jesus when I feel the loss. I say the most profound words ever spoken. I am the resurrection and the life. They who believe in me will live even if they die. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? And I shout out, yes, Lord, I believe. Our life is the way of the cross. And it's a wisdom and a power that can only be gained by being in the Word. In the Word of God over and over and over again. You know, the Bible has a lot to say about wisdom. 
So I'd urge you to take your Bibles out, your concordance, and look up the word wisdom. But I'd simply leave you with this verse today from Psalm 90. Anybody remember what it says? It says, teach us, teach us, O Lord, to number our days that we might apply our hearts unto wisdom. The wisdom that comes from above, the wisdom that says, Jesus, Jesus alone is our firm foundation, the way, the truth, and the life. That's the good news from Christ our King this day. Christ is risen. Yeah.